The following is a paid podcast from Prudential. Welcome to Wealth Wits, a podcast about money made exactly for you. I'm Faith Saley. So, you're an optimistic avoider, and you're in your 20s. I've learned a lot lately about what it's like to be an optimistic avoider in your 20s, and I'm here to share that information with you. Let's start with the avoider part. I went out and asked some optimistic avoiders about their finances. Here's what they had to say about money. I don't really have a plan of how I'm going to get to be a saver. I think right now I'm just doing. I'm disinterested in learning the things that I need to learn in order to become a saver, and that disinterest causes anxiety. You know, I'm a creative person and I'm not, I'm not generally the kind of person that wants to think about numbers at all. I've never really stressed about money because I feel like I'm blessed and that the money will come. So here's what I learned. For optimistic avoiders like yourself, money is probably not your top priority. But you're okay with that. Probably you feel a lot more relaxed about your finances than most people. When I think about the most quintessential optimistic avoider, I think about a woman I met named Lauren. She would rather do anything than balance a checkbook. She's too busy living life. I got Lauren to sit down with me to tell me her thoughts on her finances. My name is Lauren. When I was working, we didn't have 401ks and things like that. So I didn't think about that. I needed things to retire on. I, when I first came here, the one thing I noticed was everyone, you have to save. You have to buy an apartment. Why? There's more in life than that. I like to go to Paris. I like to go to Italy. I, you know, I'd spend my money. So for me, going forward, I'm not going to worry about it. I, I just can't. That's how I've lived my life always. But it's a bit of a shock that the money that I went through so fast from retiring. But it hasn't changed the things I do in my daily life. I wanted to know what some financial experts would have to say about your financial behavior type. And I wanted to ask what advice they'd have for someone like Lauren. I turned first to Amanda Clayman, a financial therapist and wellness expert. Here's what she had to say. We have to understand and accept that all financial behavior has meaning. And when someone is an optimistic avoider, they are making a choice to put their energy and attention somewhere other than money. Let's talk about Lauren, um, who is a quintessential optimistic avoider. I even love her accent. What advice would you have for Lauren? I loved Lauren. Like you, I, I sort of responded to her, her accent and her attitude. It just, you could see that she is fully who she is and has been since the beginning, which is delightful. In terms of advice, I, I feel like one of the things that Lauren is experiencing is that there's a, a disconnect between the, the sort of strategies that worked in her life while she was a, a working person and now where she finds herself today. So I would want to explore with her sort of how how much of a gap is there. It's not too late for Lauren to, to figure out some kind of balance between um, enjoying life in the moment, but making sure she's she's caring enough for herself financially. Absolutely, it's, n it's not too late, it's never too late. 
optimistic avoiders can be pretty happy-go-lucky carpe diem people. Uh, what are some of the opportunities of falling into this behavior type? I think that there's a, a greater sense of connection to the moment, um, that people who are optimistic avoiders feel intuitively guided in a way that is comfortable to them. Um, very often, though, what they'll do, and it sounds so un- unromantic, but it, it, it is in a way sort of strategic, is they partner with someone who balances them out. So they need another perspective in their lives that that does put up the hand and say, hey, let's think about the future. Let's be disciplined. Have you seen that working well? Money types are not unrelated to other parts of the personality. So a person who's an optimistic avoider, you know, may you may love this person's joie de vivre. Um, their, their fun, their sense of possibility. What are some of the disadvantages and risks of being an optimistic avoider? Well, Oftentimes, optimistic avoiders sort of run into crisis that they didn't see coming, but anybody else could have easily seen coming. (laughs) Like like if a sort of medical issue comes up Mm. or anything that sort of creates disruption in how money is going to come in or go out in their life. Um, They're not prepared. I keep wondering what happens to optimistic avoiders when they get older and older and older and maybe want to retire. Well, I do find that people either sort of outgrow this or they are intuitively guided um, in order to, to set something up with just enough time to, to sort of cover their bases. People often sort of expand their social network when this is their, their money type, such that they have people that they can go to who can really help support them. Um, they, they depend on the, the kindness and generosity of the people in their lives in a way that feels very affirming to them. Amanda, thank you so much. Amanda Clayman says that optimistic avoiders like you need to take at least a few small steps to prepare for the future. So what should you do? To find out, I called up David Carlson, a personal finance blogger at the site youngadultmoney.com and the author of the book Hustle Away Debt. Are there any money-saving tools that you would especially recommend for optimistic avoiders? Yeah, I'd say that setting up direct deposit into a savings account or if you're employed by um, an employer who has a 401k plan, setting up those automatic contributions from day one. It might not build up much right now, but you don't see the money. It automatically goes into the account. Eventually, you're not going to miss it. That will help you build a nest egg without actually having to think about building it. Yeah, you're. It's it's kind of a responsible way to avoid, right? You're 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 avoiding your your spending by funneling it away without without having to feel the sting. In fact, I would recommend that you don't check your four hundred one k that often because it's really a long term tool. So if you just continue to make your automatic contributions, don't get worried when the market goes up or down. Over the course of years or decades, you're going to be in a good spot. That makes sense for an optimistic avoider. You're, you're saying you don't you don't have to stay on top of all your balances um, all the time. You know, check it once every few years and pat yourself on the back. Exactly. Okay, so what are the takeaways for optimistic avoiders? First, automate, automate, automate. Set up those automatic withdrawals from your paycheck directly into a savings or retirement account. Once you've taken that step, you can avoid thinking about it altogether. In fact, 
Don't look at it. David Carlson says the less you look at your retirement accounts, the better. You want to act like that money's not even there. And whether you're in a relationship or not, think about how your family and friends can help you prepare for the future. There's probably someone in your life who can help you think about saving. And in exchange, you can teach them how to live in the moment. So we've learned some strategies for managing money as an optimistic avoider. But to get the full picture of your financial situation, we also have to think about the stage of life you're currently in. What's unique about being in your 20s? What's hard about money right now? And what are the opportunities in front of you? Out in the world, I also asked some 20-somethings about their finances. I heard a lot of worry. My personal financial situation could be a little bit better. The worry focuses mostly on being able to pay my rent. I'm not a financial contribution to my family the way I'd like to be. I only got my associate's degree, and I'm still paying off my student loan from, like, six years ago. And, like, I'm always, like, waiting, like, when's the next time I'm getting paid? When's the next time I'm getting paid? This is the decade for starting out, and, man, it is not easy. You might have a steady job, or you might be living paycheck to paycheck. Good personal finance is a learning curve, and that learning curve can be steep. But... Everything's going to be okay. You've got time. And right now, you get to focus on investing in yourself. One woman I talked to was definitely feeling the crunch of managing money in her 20s. Here's Lee Moore. My name is Lee Moore. I'm 29. Like many of us, I sort of live check to check. It's hard when, you know, sometimes you have periods where week after week there's like $10 in your bank account and you're like, I'm not really going to have any new money until Thursday. But you sort of learn to ride the wave and then the money comes in. It's just like a breath of fresh air. Student loans are such a complicated topic. I had big dreams. I have big dreams. And I just went full steam ahead. And I'm so grateful because I, you, I will never say that I regretted that decision. But when you get out, you're like, what? Like, how is this possible? So now, back to the experts. I reached out to Laura Adams, the host of the Money Girl podcast. She had some words of wisdom for Lee Moore and for 20-somethings in general. Not everything she says might be exactly true of your experience. You, you might not have credit card debt or student loans, for example. But overall, Laura is worth listening to. She has some great financial wisdom to share. Here she is. So, Laura, let's talk about Lee Moore. What advice would you have for Lee Moore? Her priority should be earning. She's got expenses and, and the student loan that are going to, you know, they're not going to go away. Um, I'm, I'm going to hope that she's cutting expenses every way possible. Probably she could trim a little bit more. Um, but for her, I would encourage her to really look into how she can increase her income. Maybe it means finding a different career. Maybe it means getting certified um, to do a different type of work. Maybe it means taking on a second job that's you know part-time work so that she has a little bit of freeboard and she can begin saving building that retirement fund, that will give her so much confidence. And the reality is young people have such an advantage
advantage over somebody who is in their 40s, 50s, 60s because time is on your side. And what that means is you can actually invest less because you have more time for it to grow and compound. So it's almost like getting your retirement at a discount. I mean, literally putting away a few hundred dollars a month consistently from your mid-20s into your mid-60s can easily make you a millionaire when you retire. But, you know, I think she voices what so many people in their 20s voice, which is, I have big dreams. I have big dreams. And she she wants to pursue them. And so, you know, when you give her very sage advice, like maybe find another career or maybe take a second job, that sort of seems like stomping on somebody's dreams. Yeah, and, and it is a bit of a reality check. So she's got to decide if the work that she's doing is worth the stress that she's feeling. And it may be. What are the financial challenges and concerns that you see facing 20-somethings? Well, I do think that credit cards are so easy to get and they're so convenient. I mean, you know, we buy everything online. When used properly, credit cards are one of the best financial tools that are out there. They help you build credit, but they're also so easy to abuse. So understanding that if you use a credit card, you've got to pay it off in full every month. If you can't pay it off in full, don't charge. What else about uh, being being in your 20s is, is a particular financial concern? Student loans are a big issue for young people right now. They're graduating with, you know, high, high levels of debt. I think it's like $25,000, $26,000 on average. It is really difficult to get out of school and think, oh, my gosh, now I've got all this, all this debt. But In a lot of cases, and I'd say the majority of cases, getting that degree does help your lifetime earning. So what about the fact that for lots of people, maybe for most people, your 20s are a decade of just big questions without answers? You know, whom am I supposed to be with? Uh, What am I supposed to be doing? Where should I be living? How do those big questions affect somebody's financial situation. It is. It's a really formative time in your life. There's no doubt about it. You're making decisions that will affect you for the rest of your life. And I'll say one of the biggest decisions that you may not think about as a financial decision per se, but the person that you end up with is the biggest financial influence in your life, either positive or negative. So did you hear that, 20-somethings? The person you end up with is a huge financial decision. Laura Adams says, don't take it lightly. Take a look at whom you're surrounding yourself with and and make sure they're good, smart people. Also, use this time to prioritize your earning potential. Maybe that means going back to school or taking on a side job. This is the time to start building your savings. And if you take out a credit card, do so wisely. Go ahead and build your credit, but make sure to pay off that bill each month. Last of all, we want everyone to know that if you've made mistakes or been out of balance with your financial choices, there's no shame in it. Every financial expert stresses that it's never too late. (sighs) You can make meaningful changes starting today. So whatever you do or however you feel about money, no matter what age you are or behavior type you fall into, it's okay. You just need to be aware of the kind of person you are when it comes to your finances so you can grow. And more importantly, be happy. That's all for this episode of Wealth Wits. 
Special thanks to our guests, Amanda Clayman, David Carlson, and Laura Adams. And special thanks to Lauren and Lee Moore for sharing their stories. If you want to learn about money matters at other stages of life, or if you're curious about other financial behavior types, check out slate.com slash explore wealth wits. You can also subscribe to the entire series wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, why not let people know by leaving us a good review? I'm Faith Saley. Thanks so much for joining us.